What does happiness mean to you, Chris? Happiness? Hmm? I love the word. Happiness has always sounded like such a roundedly square word. I... It's cubic. Absolutely cubic, the word happiness. There's nothing to, it has nothing to do with anything to me. Friends, uh, I am sitting right now with Sarah at our dining room table, and I was going to record this podcast episode uh, by myself and talk about Christopher Plummer. I mean, that's what I call this: Christopher Plummer and the paradox of pain, sadness, and talent. Uh, and as we were eating breakfast and just talking like normal, I realized, as I always do, freaking all of these conversations are so much more enjoyable for me when I get to sit down with you. And talk because I feel like there is, you just bring really interesting thoughts to all our conversations. So I asked Sarah if she would join me, so I'm not just doing this by myself alone in the studio. All right. So as Sarah, as you pour a proper pint of Guinness for the two of us, uh, maybe I'll just frame this thought for you, bring you in on what I've been thinking about lately, and it starts really with. <laughs> You told me to interrupt. <laughs> uh, it starts with a problem. And the problem I have with this whole journey I'm on right now, because I, th- I feel like I'm doing something that I haven't, uh, I haven't seen anybody else do before when it comes to... <laughs> Are you holding up? Sarah's, Sarah is now pouring Guinness from a can. You like when I do this. You make me do this, though. And, and she's pouring it about less than an inch from the microphone just so you can get the full auditory... Uh, experience. So you had this thought. Okay, here, here's a problem I have. I'm on this journey to define what it means to live a curious life because that's how things start, right? Like when you have an idea for something that isn't something, like I have, this, I have this idea of curiosity being a way of life, a way to look at the world, a way to process things that I encounter in life and a way to interact with people. It's it's this thing I have in my head that exists, but it's like exists in amb- ambiguity, and so I'm trying to right now frame it and put like some edges on it and define what it means to me to live a curious life and how I look at things. The problem is as I'm doing this naturally can sound really freaking trite. Like it can sound like this thought of, well, you know, just be curious, you know, like a silly you- fluffy idea. Yes. Like, uh, you know, when it, especially when it comes to heavy things like, like today, like pain and sadness and, frustration in life like 
being curious about it. Like I don't want to go in. I don't. What I don't want is it for it to be something that's like, well, just look on the bright side. Like this yeah. cheap self helpy shit that nobody needs. It does nobody any favors. So that's the problem I have. But it, on on the deeper side of it, actually, when it comes to curiosity, for me, what it is is I think that oftentimes the language I've been given in life and a way to look at things that actually cheapens the depth and the meaning and the discovery and learning that can be done about, about the universe and about humanity and myself that can come from looking at it through the lens of curiosity. So my problem is I'm looking for a way to put into words the actual true depth of this outlook. And I feel like I, uh, for the past decade, I would say, I've been thinking a lot about pain. Uh, this weekend, uh, a massive, like someone I, I really admired from a distance, Christopher Plummer, who is best known for his role in The Sound of Music, I will unashamedly say I love that movie. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Uh, but he, he is a badass actor, and he passed away this week, and I realized that I have uh, so many notes on him throughout the years, and I've, I've like saved... Like clips from interviews and him, and I realized I stumbled on this uh, interview that he did uh, back in '64, uh, while he I think it was while he was filming Sound of Music, and it made me all of a sudden it was one of those moments that connected the dots between a lot of stories about pain and thoughts I've had and how curiosity can give maybe a new way of thinking about it, or at least some it can add to our thought process on it. Uh, and I thought I'd share that today. Let me back up. I will, let me start from the beginning. My fascination in the way I've thought about pain and shame in our lives uh, really changed in a massive way back in 2006, I want to say. I was in a, that touring band, One Accord, which was a like really prestigious touring band uh, at the university that I went to here in Minneapolis. So I, I land, the, I audition, and I make this t- uh, this touring band through the university. And uh, one of the parts of being in this band was um, during a fall semester, we had to take that off school and we would traveled around doing playing for a bunch of different events. But part of it was for a time I traveled with this uh, speaker named Reggie Dabbs at the time. He was the number one youth motivational speaker in the world, in the world, in the world. And what he would do is he would go to call, he would go to school, high schools. What we, what we would do is we'd go to high schools and we would, uh, put on these assemblies and we would play like these massive pop rock songs that were popular at the time. I remember we were playing, uh, we covered the fray and Paramore and a bunch of other tunes and we'd play. So we'd play like this rock show in their gym and get all the, get all the students in there. And then he would give this massive, crazy, hilarious, uh, talk uh, that it was like this, it was, it like started hilarious and funny and connecting with students. And then it got super deep, super fast. He shared his life story, talking about the pain and the suffering that he's been in his life. And one of the pivotal things, uh, that always stuck with me was there was always this moment in the assembly where he would say, I don't know your pain, but I have my own. So that's how I can connect with you. I don't know. I don't need to know your shame because I have my own. I don't need to know how hard it is when you go home and your rough family life at home because I had my own. I've got my own things. 
And the whole thought was, it was like this crazy emotional thing. And all these students would come down like sobbing. But it was this thought that pain connects us. Yeah, it unifies us. It's the common human experience. Yeah, and the thing... Whereas that, maybe, air quote, success, uh, or air quote, many other positive words, is not a unifying thing. Because yeah. that, there are people who have never experienced yes. some of the more positive emotions or situations or... Yeah. But pain is universal. Man, and that's the thing for me, at least the big, a massive confusion I had in my life, or I, I, I guess I just thought for the longest time that if I wanted to connect with people, the best way, because that's like the point, right? If you want to connect with people, have meaningful relationships, whatever, like I thought that it was through my successes in life that connected with me with other people. Like even like, uh, like maybe if I could throw out some like bragging things, like it was the big things I've done in life, uh, my massive mile markers, that that was what would impress people and get people to like me. But I, what I've realized in life is that it's actually my pain and my failures that connect me with other people. Yeah, rarely is it your success unless I've had the same success. Because if I haven't, then I just feel like shit. Yeah, right? So you've just made me feel bad in your effort to, and it's not your fault, but you've made me feel bad in your effort to connect. Because I haven't done that, X, Y, Z. Man, okay, see, even... I didn't get a free scholarship, whatever, you know. Even on this podcast, right? Like, it's not the episodes where I've talked about me playing mega shows in front of hundreds of thousands of people on tours in, throughout Asia. Like, that doesn't connect me with anybody. It's telling people the stories where I fell flat on my face in front of hundreds of people on a stage in lo alone on a Christmas tour yeah. the, uh, over on the East Coast. Like, it's sharing this, like, massively embarrassing story that, that then I, like, that's the thing that people, like, reach out to me. They're like, oh, man, I'm so thankful you shared that. I've had so many embarrassing things. It's, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. It's when I share my, like, embarrassing stuff. That's funny. So I've been thinking about that, and I've, I've gotten to see that firsthand on the podcast. But I've also, in life right now, lately experienced it firsthand in a way where, without diving into details, uh, because I just don't think this is the time or place to talk about it, you and I and our family have been dealing with something massively, massively sad right now and something massively painful. And it's something that I've only been uh, sharing with close friends and family and talking about. But something I've, within, I, I only say that to frame this, that within that, within this season of life right now, um, what I've realized in conversation with friends is that it's the friends who have experienced massive trauma and pain and heartache and deep, deep, deep sadness that are the ones that when I talk to, they're like, there's something like two inches behind their eyes that you can tell, like they get it. Mm, yeah. Like, let's even move on from like this heavy pain thing, like uh, death, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm talking about small things, right? I'm convinced that when you are an artist, at whatever point you become mega famous, I'm talking about you don't, you no longer have to do your laundry. Someone else is doing that for you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it. I feel like whatever age that happens to you mentally, you get frozen at that emotional age in your life unless you do really hard intentional steps to push through that. I hear on the new. I hear. I hear things like uh, Michael Jackson or Justin Bieber. Hearing stories about them going crazy or doing stuff, and I go, it never surprises me. And I almost yeah. have empathy for him because I think, yeah, 
You've, had, you, you've been handed things. Of course right. you're not going to have an understanding in life. There's certain, there's certain understanding about life that only comes from having to do your own laundry. Like from spend, having a time where you got to go figure out where you're going to get quarters to do laundry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or to go buying your own gro- uh, groceries. Or uh, you know, getting to that point when, in the month where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent this month Mm -hmm. like there's a level of understanding of humanity that only happens through those even micro painful things right what are you thinking i just think you're kind of counteracting yourself a bunch with like talking about how you know celebrities and art they don't know pain you just just said in the beginning reggie dab said everybody's got pain so when don't i wouldn't say that or cut that out no no help me okay help me work through i want to i want to reframe this so how pain do you- is pain. So we can remove this hierarchy of what what loss is great and what loss is small loss. Because yeah. I think you're saying that, and then you're also not saying that. So pick your angle. Okay, here's the deal. I'm glad you're saying this. Hell yes, this is why you're here. Because I think you're totally right. Like, that's my... That's... That is the... That is the obliqueness that I exist in, Right? Like I, I exist in on the oh, the belief I do believe that all pain is pain, and that's what connects us, big or small. Quit comparing. Right, and but of course also, there is insight that you gain from the pain of being poor, or the pain of losing a family member, or the pain of abuse. I mean, there is insight that you gain from different types of pain. That much is true, and so some people don't have that insight because they haven't experienced it. But we can't shit on their art because they don't know that specific pain because they know, just like you said, hundreds of other types of pain. We just don't know. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree that there are some artists who seem like fluffy little bullshitters, but I think it's maybe a more yes and situation. The the insight you gain from different types of pain is real. And so to not have gone through that, you don't know. But again, as you stated in the beginning... Everybody's got pain and sorrow and sadness. Oh, and I'm so fear and pumped shame. you said this because that's the problem I'm trying to exist in or help try to find. Because my inclination when I go through anything hard, especially something extreme, is to compare it with other people and yeah. be like, oh, well, that's not as big as this. Right. I, I mean, Sarah, you like to rank this and bullsh- categorize things. Yes. This, I mean, it's a bullshit part of my personality that exists within me that I'm. It just is that I think it's natural too. It's, but you hear if I, I've, I've revisited some of my conversations at the beginning of this podcast, I sat down and, but I, and it's always my nature to try to rank things. And it's cause it's my, like it comes from my need to, when I, in, when I interact with information or someone's experience, my brain instantly goes, where do I place this? Yeah. Okay. Here, here's the deal. Um, Let's end with this. You know, this last week, uh, Christopher Plummer passed away. I love The Sound of Music. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I have uh, the vinyl. I have it on cassette of it here. I think it's brilliantly deep. Uh, I think it's a social commentary. I think it's a political commentary. And I do like the songs. uh, And I think (laughs) Rodgers and Hammerstein, I think the simplicity... Uh, of Rogers and Hammerstein's uh, writing is, is so profound. Uh, but I, what I love about here's here's what I love about Christopher Plummer. I think uh, be, doing music uh, with uh, different projects has given me an understanding that on the when looking 
from the outside on any creative process, whether it is looking at people who made a movie that you love, looking at people that made an album that you love, uh, or a book that you love, it's given me an understanding that we have no idea where they were in their life during that process, right? Like I think, mm-hmm. it, especially something as fun and uh, as as bright and happy as the sound of music, it's easy to think, oh my gosh, that would have been, it's, it's the last, in my opinion, it's the last great uh, Hollywood cinematography musical. The it's last like, one? The last great, not saying it's the last great musical, other musical, but when it comes to cinematography specifically, there every almost every frame of that movie could be a, a, a still on a gorgeous photo. Like the, uh, yeah, the cinematography is brilliant. I mean, I'm thinking uh, Seven Brides for Seven Sisters. You look back on that musical Isn't and that was like another, uh, what, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, yeah. Uh, what did I say? Seven Brides for Seven Sisters. Yeah. <laughs> that, that works that, too. That one's coming out in 2022. Yeah. Uh, seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I mean, that's another just cinematic, gorgeous looking one. And these are the, uh, the last ones of a generation until like the art form of cinematography in that. Where the hell was that? Anyways, you watch the movie and you think, man, how fun. They're in Austria. That must have been so fun to film this movie. But you don't know that uh, in, during the filming of it, Julie Andrews uh, had a little girl uh, with her the entire time, her little, do- little daughter. Like a newborn or something, right? Yeah, I can't remember what age. Yeah, it was probably like maybe max two years old, but like I think around like newborn to one. And Julie Andrews was getting a divorce. She got a divorce in the middle of filming, I'm pretty sure, Sound of Music. And she was talking about how lonely and sad she was in the middle of filming it because just like second guessing, what, I'm here in Austria, like I'm putting my daughter through all this. Like what am I doing with my life? Mm. Uh, Christopher Plummer, he could be another commentary just on arts uh, and performance too where you look at him Everybody knows how to be, when it comes to performing or working with other people, everybody knows how to hold yourself as the worst person in the room. Uh, everybody knows how to be like the worst musician in a band because that's what we've been our entire lives. But nobody teaches you how to hold yourself as the best person in the band. Like what are things you do say, hold yourself, speak to other people when you are the best out of everyone? And that was Christopher Plummer being brought in because this character from the stage show that the first that was uh, this is pulled from the stage show of Sound of Music, uh, the Captain Von Trapp was a super flat, boring character, and they brought in Christopher Plummer to add depth and character and meaning uh, to this character. And then you're like, oh man, that's so great. How cool to be to be like that level of a Shakespearean actor mm-hmm. to be brought in for things like that. The problem is, no actor wants that gig. Like you want to have a character that speaks to you that has yeah. like interest. So you can just step in and roll with it. Not yeah. Like step in and make a miracle out of this turd. Yes. Oh man. And so uh, I'm listening to interviews of him during that time of making Sound of Music. All these interviews for him are talking about what do we call it? Sound of mu- Mucus. You said he called yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. He called it Sound of Mucus. He said that uh, working with Julie Andrews was like being hit over the head with a Valentine's Day card, and but they were still best friends, but he was just saying because of her bubbly personality yeah. stuff. And he's this dark, brooding uh, artist. Mm. And she's an artist in her own right, but she was just more positive and bubbly. Uh, but it was only till years later that he looked back and realized how not only was it worth it, how much it meant to other people, but how meaningful of an experience it was in his life and how it changed him as a person. Yeah. Uh, so I just think 
uh, like so many things in life, when especially when it's coming to this pain stuff, it's so easy to look at people who we respect that it looks like on Instagram they've got it all figured out. They're, they've got the if you could say, man, that's the life I want. It's easy to have those people you point at. Right. But it is only by going through pain and shit and sadness in our own life that gives us the depth of understanding to say nobody has it figured out. Nobody's life is as great and perfect as it looks like on the outside. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think a couple things, I guess. I think it's true, you know, a common theme in mindfulness is to just be be in whatever the thing is. Sit in it, be aware of it, observe it. Um, but I also think it's unrealistic, difficult, and some other negative sounding word to, to say, just to be, when you're sitting in it, like, where, where am I going to learn? No, you might not have those insights or recognize those insights or access them for a year, years until you're on the other side of whatever it is. Um, and so I think I would tell someone in any sort of pain, again, whatever that is, you know, to be, mindful in it as best you can with whatever tools you have at hand at the moment and know that nothing is permanent nothing is forever and at some point this will have shaped you and given you insight and evolved you when you're ready to acknowledge that but right now it's okay to just sit in it and be there and not try to find anything to learn or any life lesson or any silver lining yeah. But they'll be there. You just might not know that right now. You don't have to be curious right now if you're in the middle no. of a shit show. But be open to observing what's going on within you and aware of what's going on. And, you know, there, there will be insights and learnings and growth just naturally that come from these things. Um, an evolution, if you will. Yeah. And when someone else is in the kind of pain that you're in now, or even a different kind of pain, you will be more equipped to be present and be there with them. And that's a shitty skill to have, um, but a good one. And it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make what you're going through easier. No. It doesn't have to make, even add, make sense to it. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't have to lighten the load right now or it's all going to be all right. Like there's a point, there's a reason for everything, all that bullshit. Yeah. I would say you don't need to keep a weather eye out right now. (laughs) Personally. Yeah. And if you're in the kind of headspace where you're in the middle of the storm, if you will, and you can find these insights or positivity or little nuggets of value, great. You are more evolved than a lot of us. Um, but if you can't right now, that's okay. Thank you for saying that, because that, that's truth. I think a big part of curiosity, and I, something I will clarify in the future, is retrospective. Very rarely, whether it's good or bad, pain, positive, very rarely do we understand what the moment is teaching us. Very rarely yeah. do we th- understand if an idea we're having right now is a good one. You fucking write it down and look at that. You ha- you yeah. you put in place a way in life where you can write your ideas down and revisit them later when you have clarity and you're outside the moment and go, oh, that was actually shit. Or, oh, that's actually really good. That's, a, that's something mm-hmm. for later. 
That's where all these things come from. Note, and we're sitting at the table. I've got notes in front of me. I've got a whole box of these three by five cards where I've just written down ideas and notes. And it's only, I can't in the moment waste my time thinking of where does this fit in. It's only by giving myself self time and separation and looking backwards. Yeah, because you wouldn't know in the moment. Yeah. You don't know how your pain will shape you or inform you or guide you until yeah. whatever later is. My, th- I, my thought isn't for... Hopefully this isn't, I, I don't naturally, I don't didn't do this for someone that's in the middle of it to be like, this someday is going to be, it's going to work out. This is my hope for the, this is that it would encourage anybody retrospectively in how they look back on their life and they look back on situations as Christopher Plummer says in this clip. And by the way, this is him in 1964 and there's piano playing in the background. That's a clip of him playing piano. Uh, and I think this was a during sometime around the time of during uh, filming Sound of Music, where he says, the thought of chasing happiness or happiness is just a square and cheap word for him. Really, it's all about sadness. And that all comedy, all tragedy, all talent actually comes from sadness. Happiness has always sounded like such a roundedly square word. I, it's cubic, absolutely cubic. The word happiness. There's nothing. It has nothing to do with anything to me. Sadness means everything to me because sadness gives birth to comedy and tragedy. Sadness gives birth to talent. Most talent comes from sort of sadness and an inability to express oneself in one way, so one desperately clings to a sort of another tact and kind of reaches it through that. And through their sadness, some marvelous things happen. All beauty is sad to me and funny. to talent. Can it be defined? No, you can't break talent down. You can only nurture it and build it up. Because I suppose every one of us has talent. And uh, if we had the opportunity and if we had had the background or if we'd had sometimes the money and the chance and the freedom to express it, freedom most important. We could all be talented in something. 